HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the Museum of Food and Drink, sparking curiosity about food with exhibits you can eat. For more information, visit mofad.org. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Well, hello. Welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. We're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, May 17th, 2017. This is the 141st episode of the series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, my guest is a hospitality pro turned founder of a new fabulous fitness studio, and I will introduce her fully in a moment. First, as I do in every show, I will start out with my PR tip. And then later, we will have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is to find balance in life. In Chinese philosophy, they talk about how seemingly opposite and contrary forces may actually be complementary, interconnected, and interdependent in the natural world, and how they may give rise to each other as they interrelate to one another. You know, yin and yang. How do you find harmony and balance? If you're a worker bee like me, do you also take time for you? If you don't, start now, as balance is everything. That's my tip today. Now, I am excited to have my guest in the studio. It is Olivia Young, the founder of Box and Flow, a new fitness studio combining boxing and yoga for women that aren't afraid to get messy and men who aren't ashamed to flow. Olivia is also the former brand and communications director of Alta Marea Group, a global hospitality group in food and beverage, and she is the co-founder of Pound for Pound Consulting. Welcome, Olivia. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. It's so nice to have you here. So um, I like to start out with my guests, their background, and find out how you got into 
the industry first talking before fitness industry let's talk about the, the hospitality industry so I moved to New York right after college to go to culinary school because I wanted to get into food writing okay and Dana Cowan had done an interview saying that culinary school wasn't a requirement to work at food and wine but it was certainly something that would give you an edge so I was like great I'm going to culinary school so I applied um, and took the last spot in December 2009 at FCI and moved to New York City, found an apartment on Craigslist, literally just moved to New York City and started. And I was determined to go to culinary school, not to cook, but to write, um, work at Food and Wine. And so I emailed every editor and Kate Headings had gone to BU, Boston University, like myself, and also FCI. And I was like, give me a shot, give me a shot. So she did. And she hired me to be her cookbook intern to edit cookbooks for a month in the summer of July 2010. Um, And I ended up staying for about six months working throughout editorial for Kate Crater and Jen Murphy and Ray Isle. And um, then quickly figured out that editorial wasn't for me at all. I wanted to get my hands dirty and, and be in the thick of it. So Kate Headings gave me really good advice and said, you know, if I were to do it all over again, I would have potentially gone the trajectory of like chef's assistant working with the, you know, talent directly in the restaurants and then take it from there. So Michael White was looking for an assistant out of all of the chefs in New York that I had gone to restaurants and met and networked with. I'd never met him. And I was interviewed five times. And on my last interview, um, Amas Fakahani, the CEO, was like, this is an interview. I'm hiring you. When can you start? So wow. I was like, <laughs> I was so scared. I remember exactly what I was wearing. And I was so scared of him. But um, yeah, so I started as Michael's assistant. And then within a year, took all the PR in-house. And then within you know two years, became brand director and kind of grew with them from one restaurant to 18 around the world. 18? Yeah. Which, so now, give or take a few, because yeah. things changed. Um but yeah, I really, I just hit the ground running. And what was, I mean, what was that whole experience like working in house where you were, I, I mean, you worked your way up or in different levels and were you a one woman team in a sense? At first you were working with a PR team, you said, yes. and then you took it on yourself. And so. then, yeah. And yeah. things sort of, you know, shuffled about a little bit because I, I don't have a formal PR background. Um, and when people say, oh, you're in PR and, you know, I opened this new, new business. Oh, well, this is what you do. And PR is really not what I do or have ever done. And as I spent more time with Altamaria Group, I worked closer with Amas on, like, the business development end and strategy and branding and really, you know, working on the look and feel of new projects and dealing with clients and um, kind of became the outfacing connection to the world. So, like, you know, seeing what else was in the environment and being very clear on, like, where Amas and Michael needed to be, where to go, um, making sure there was clear communication with what we were doing Um, versus what the public was seeing us do because we had a huge quick growth spurt and it looked a little bit wild but um, it wasn't it was you know very calculated so my job was less PR and more um, strategy it was thoughtful um, business it was branding it was marketing and you know I always say that Amas sort of he gave me my MBA he taught Mm -hmm. me and empowered me to, you know, take the initiative. And I was very much a one woman show until I hired people. And then I had to learn how to manage. And that's 
totally different than what I'm working on now, regardless of food or fitness, hospitality is hospitality, but I'm a one woman show with, you know, nine people that I employ, but it's not just me. So I'm, I found very quickly that I'm very good at managing just myself and I'd rather just do it all and get it done. <laughs> but sound like me. Yeah. But delegating and, you know, working with your strengths and letting other people do is super important. So, um, my background was food and now it's fitness or as you started with more so balance because I'm certainly a woman in the world, whether it's in food who love fitness or now in fitness who loves food. I just believe in living fully and not limiting. So it's about how to find that balance. Yeah. Well, of course my tip was, was with you in mind. I know you're, you're big on the balance and, um, and finding that. So, so what inspired you to leave the, the food hospitality world or an in-house job that you, I mean, you're there eight years, seven, seven. Okay. So, I mean, and you've always worked out. I mean, working out was, has been a part of your life, but to, to, it's one thing I think to be someone like me who goes to the gym or mm-hmm. runs or does yoga, but to actually start your own business and in that field, like what prompted you to do that? I think if you're an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur. So it's in your blood. Yeah. And if you think about it, and it's not going to go away. So it doesn't even mean think about it. It doesn't have to be something specific. It's just about wanting to do your own thing. So at Altamari Group, about two and a half, three years in, I was getting a little antsy. I happen, you know, I tend to be pretty hyperactive <laughs> and I get bored easily. And I said to Amas, you know, I, I'm getting a lot of inquiry from people, other clients potentially, like I want to start my own consultancy and have an additional revenue stream. And so we discussed it and, and figured it out. And, you know, they came to the conclusion that as long as it wasn't conflicting with Ultimary Group or like working with another Italian chef, et cetera, like I could do it. So I took on other clients myself. I formed and Co., uh, worked with a coconut water company, worked with an event planning company, a couple food products, a couple restaurants, et cetera. So I, I was our... I was always doing my own thing, but regardless, before going to work every morning, you know, since I was 15, I've been practicing yoga. Five years later, I started boxing. It was like every day before work. So I lived like in this duality of life, like looked like a bag lady at church street boxing gym with layers on and like a disgusting mess. And then two hours later was, you know, at Marais with four inch heels in the kitchen, totally out of place, um, in the kitchen. But that's sort of who I am. I have like this grit and also this soft and being that I have this entrepreneurial spirit, my father's an entrepreneur. Um, I have this like undying fire and hustle within me. Uh, I knew there was something I knew I had to do something. I went on semester at sea, was surrounded by a ton of entrepreneurs and it was just like eating at me. And then I couldn't, I wouldn't, it it didn't stop. And I Mm -hmm. didn't know what it was, but I knew it would, it had to be something. So I did like a lot of cell searching and then spent way too much money on like life coaches and shamans and shrinks and looking for everybody to tell me what to do. And then it hit me. I was like, why doesn't this exist? You know, boxing and yoga, it it should, I do it every day, but it needs to be together. They're opposites, but they complement each other. And then I planned everything. I wrote a business plan. I came up with everything. I even sat down with a moss and was like, this is my presentation. This is what I'm doing. And then I don't think I ever actually took the time to be like, I'm opening a gym. 
like <laughs> I go to the gym, I go to these studios, but like if I'm owning it, like I have to be there to open it. It's a physical space. It's a it's a huge lift. Um but what drew me there was like I had this fire and this fight within me and I knew I wanted to do something myself and in listening to advice it was it was like what do you do every day? How do you see your life? What do you want to bring to this world? And it full circle came down to like this is how I'm inspired every day so I want to share with the world my inspiration through my lens this is what it is just like Michael it's you know Italian coastal Italian seafood or Italian food and he how he expresses himself is through food for me it's more physical it's boxing and yoga yes but it's deeper than that it's it's confidence it's fire it's fight but then it's also this softness this flow so that's awesome. So how did you, what, the process, you had the business plan and then, and then were you like, how long did it take you to find a space to, to come up with the, the nitty gritty of actually doing this and opening? I knew I had it all down and then I listened to too many people tell me not to because I was in the food world and stay in your lane and you're not in fitness just cause you like to work out doesn't mean you should open a fitness studio and there's so much fitness and all of that. So everything was done. I wrote it like overnight. It was keeping me up. Um, and then it, I took about five months to second guess myself. Just stopped. So I like opened the Box and Flow bank account like last April. Um, and then convinced myself that I was making a mistake. So I actually started to go part-time with Altamaria Group. Then I was on a consulting thing and like until the point where everybody in the office was looking at me like, what are you doing, Olivia? And I, like, didn't know. I was just, like, yeah. spinning. Yeah. Um, so. So, but then I, and then I was negotiating a lease, and I was making excuses, and then paying lawyers for, like, my own nonsense. And on the first lease I was going to sign, I was sitting in the landlord's office, and my ex-boyfriend at the time, who has a lot of experience in this, in, you know, retail spaces, at the last second, literally called me and was like, I just got off the phone with my lawyer, walk out of the office. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm about to sign. He's like, walk out. I was like, okay. So I did. And uh, it wasn't my space. And it took about a month later, found this space, signed a lease, and uh, it took about a year to get every, it was a year. Yeah. It just happened overnight. And I've only been open seven months. Well, what prompted you with people, with people that when you had this five months of being hmm. doubting yourself or thinking, I don't know, then how did you push through to say, I'm going to do this? Just you silence those. I was working with, I was courting a partner at the time. Cause I also, you know, I'm not an operational person, even though I've worked in restaurants, I was never in mm-hmm. the restaurants. Um, and I think I just, my heart kept pulling me back. Yeah. So okay. every time I convinced myself that like stay in food, my heart kept pulling me back. And I, there were signs like the first class I ever taught was the day that Muhammad Ali died. Like maybe that's crazy, but to me it's a sign. Yeah. You know, it's just the universe was pushing me towards this. Um, and it just felt like it was what I was meant to bring to the world. And at some point I was just like, okay, Olivia, like suck it up. Cause I think if I was still, now today seven months later not doing it like I would still be thinking about it and I'm a firm believer that you know if that's if there's something in your life that's that's pushing you that's like speaking to you whether it's a person whether it's a thing whether it's a job whether it's a place like listen yeah it's It's trusting your gut yeah Yeah. exactly yeah 
And on that fabulous note, trusting your gut, which is which could be a tip of this show too, but I think I've used that one before. Um, we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to come back and talk more with Olivia Young. So stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Hi, I'm Dave Arnold, the host of Cooking Issues on the Heritage Radio Network. We all know and love Chinese takeout dishes like General Tso's chicken and egg rolls. But here's the thing. Even though we call it Chinese food, it's not like the food you'd find in China. What's the story behind this cuisine? And how did it become so popular that you can find a Chinese-American restaurant in nearly every town in the country? The answers may surprise you. Visit the Museum of Food and Drink in Brooklyn and see our newest exhibition, Chow, Making the Chinese-American Restaurant. Chow engages visitors with compelling accounts of how Chinese immigrants overcame racism and created Chinese-American cuisine. Discover the science behind the flavors of your favorite takeout dishes, feast on rotating tastings developed by the country's most talented Chinese-American chefs, and try your hand at writing your own fortune, which will be baked into actual cookies by a 1,500-pound fortune cooking machine. But what better way to learn, connect, and eat? You can visit Chow at the Museum of Food and Drink on Fridays through Sundays from noon to 6. Tickets and more information can be found at mofad.org. Hey, like what you hear? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. With fresh programming every week, we've got something for everyone. Trying to start your own food business? Concerned about where your food comes from? Looking for the best wine or beer to bring to a party? Find our shows on iTunes or Stitcher, or head to heritageradionetwork.org to listen live and subscribe to our newsletter. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Olivia Young. She's the former brand and communications director at Alta Marea Group. She's the co-founder of Pound for Pound Consulting, and she's the founder of Box and Flow. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a lot of good stuff. So let's talk a little more about Box and Flow and what what the concept is for someone that doesn't know. Because I've now taken two classes and I've gotten tremendous workouts. I've left their sweaty, sweaty mess and it's been <laughs> a ton of fun and a great workout. And you're an incredible instructor. Okay. So explain to people what is box and flow. So fight, flow, opposites. Boxing, you know, fighting, flowing, yoga, you know, hippie dippy mm-hmm. versus super aggressive adrenaline. Um, to me, putting them together creates balance in your mind and also your body. So boxing is like frontward movement. You're punching things forward. Yoga is all heart opening and shoulder opening and hip opening. And I think when I look at, or when anybody looks at a boxers or you're watching a fighting match, I always say the best fighters, they have a flow to their fight. They have this dance, this rhythm, this cadence. So, you know, I was speaking to a professional fighter and he said, Olivia, what happens when you throw a rock into the water? I was like, I don't know. He's like, it sinks. <laughs> Be the whip. You know, you want to reverberate. You want to reverberate when you move so that you have this dance, this footwork, this this energy that's smooth. Like it's almost like when you watch fighters get into a ring, they they're they turn on. Mm-hmm. It's like they totally detach from anything else and they just dance. So box and flow is just that. It's all of the aggression, all of the adrenaline, all of the fire counteracted by an 18-minute flow towards the end of the class to literally open up everything you've closed off, including your mind. So boxing, focus, fire, aggression, um, 
it's like a little bit violent uh, versus slow, slower breathing, like mm-hmm. slowing down to actually listen to your intuition, to hear what you need um, and to open up everything you've closed off so that you leave the class not aggressive after like you've boxed, but not, you know, from this yoga high, but strong and soft. Like that you could take on anything, you know, boxing gave me confidence. Yoga forces me to slow down and feel. So if you can put those two together, you know, can you, or you do yeah. have balance when you leave and a really good workout. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's brilliant. I mean, I don't know. I've, I've heard you, I've read articles of, and every time I'm, I mean, it just, it makes sense. And it's like, how come no one's thought of this before, you know? I have no idea. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm very, like, very clear on, you know, what it is also. Like, the format of the class, there are no breaks because we don't get breaks in life. Like, I'm always the girl in the yoga class or whatever it is. Like, I don't bring water. And it's partially because I'm a masochist. But it's also because, like, <laughs> we train ourselves to think we need these things. That you need water. You need a break. That you need, you know, to to speed up or slow down whether you're doing it in comparison to the person next to you or not but like can you just be in your your movement your practice for 55 minutes without worrying about where you're going later without worrying about who's watching or how you look can you just be in your body yeah Um, and so it's designed as such like no mirrors you know there's partner work at some point where like you're being held accountable to go faster to work harder because it's so easy not to so can you force yourself to to force yourself to push yourself beyond your limits and then can you allow yourself to slow down yeah do, does somebody do you think do people need prior boxing or and or yoga experience to take one of your classes I mean, I, I'm very clear that it's all levels. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm toying with doing like an intro class because I think people are naturally intimidated by doing something they've never done. But it's really designed so that it's for everybody. Like, yeah. I'm not selling to become the best boxer or the most flexible. I'm selling this idea of becoming a better version of yourself. So we'll keep it very basic and give you the tools you need in the warm up to then take to the heavy bags. Um, and then the idea also is that the more you come, the more familiar you become with the method. Right. So that you can really enjoy it and then allow yourself to enjoy it. Yeah. No, I was I, I was thinking, I mean, I, I, I have a little boxing, kickboxing boxing experience and I've been taking yoga. So I'm familiar. I know a downward dog. I know, you know, I can go along. I think, as you said, like it, it's anyone, any level can take it. I think... Um, like I know with when you say the different punches and stuff, I'm like, I know I'm not doing this right, this right hook or something, but I'm, you know, trying or putting the effort in. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe like a fundamentals class or right. something is something because I know it's like I know I could be doing it better, but at the same time I'm getting a workout and and learning as I go. Yeah. So I think there's a challenge with group fitness these days that um there's some people that really want to learn basics and there's I'd say 75% of people that just want to get a workout. Yeah. And if you look at fitness studios across the board, the majority, if people are sweating and they're getting something out of it, they're happy. Um, and then if you want to learn technicality, like you can do a yoga fundamental class or a boxing fundamental or, right. I mean, that's the brilliance of spinning. Like everybody can ride a bike, right? <laughs> I mean, so yeah. that's, I mean, yeah. so you're selling riding a bike. It's like, ah, okay, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. What about you've, 
I know there's some chefs that have come by the studio. Um, are you? Do you have regulars? Are you looking to do any collaborations with the hospitality community? Hundred percent. I think uh, it's funny with chefs. Chefs are typically like pretty fiery personalities, and I think so many of them are drawn to boxing uh, because it allows them to, you know, to fight without fighting in their kitchen. Or potentially, mm-hmm. if they box in the morning, they're not going to get so hot headed, you know, in the kitchen at night. And um, I'm working with Bill Telepan right now to do something with wellness in the schools. Oh, I love Bill. Um, great guy. Uh, Michael White has been multiple times. Uh, Mike Solomonov, who's a boxer, right. you know, came all the way to Philly. Uh, we're working on planning something called Food Fight with Brad Spence and doing some charity boxing events. Um, the guys from Bar Premi came, Sal and Justin, who else has been in? Bobby, thank you. Bobby Flay came in. He's a character, but he's a super <laughs> athletic guy. Yeah. Um, who? Oh, Seamus Mullen, who's like a, a gem and is super into fitness. Yeah. Um, still trying to get Missy Robbins in. Oh right, <laughs> she said she wants to come. She it wants a so private lesson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who else? I I really really am focused on bringing fitness or wellness to hospitality because it's it's a space that needs more of it more so even for the mind than for the body um but you know i think i opened box and flow with this idea of balance in mind so i have beer in the fridge i talk about burgers all the time i have shirts that say you know boxing burgers backbends beer um my student today just emailed me like where should i go for brunch after class on sunday and i'm almost more apt to talk about food than i am about fitness because i'm you know crazy about food good food where am i eating what am i doing what's going on in the industry Mm -hmm. um but you know i think extremes on either end are, are no good so you have people who are gluttonous food hospitality or you have people in wellness who drink green juice and like hate their lives and weigh 80 pounds so why can't you bring the two together to like have a really messy sweaty workout and then enjoy the fruits of your labor after so absolutely looking to collab i love it let me ask you my question i had from my last guest on episode 140 i had on barbara lynch she's a world-renowned chef and restaurateur from boston who has a new memoir out which is entitled Out of Line, A Life of Playing with Fire. So Barbara wants to know, how far do you want to go with it, meaning box and flow? Will you design food that can be amazing to go with your workout, such as takeout meals, something you can order online? Like, And she was even referring to when uh, people train for a fight, how you have to eat accordingly to in the training process. Uh, how far do I want to go? I don't, again, my, I was blessed with this name, Live Young, which is kind of wild. It so is. It is wild. It's wild, and it's I don't awesome. think I, I realized it until recently, um, <laughs> which is funny because yeah. like, I've typically gone by Olivia, except my mom always calls me Liv, and my cousin's call, my cousin Paul calls me Liv, and now everybody calls me Liv. Um, live Young. Yeah, and it's, it's like in terms of my motto, this idea of like work hard, live young, it's exactly who I am because I work very hard, mm-hmm. but I also live young. I enjoy it. Um, so I also, with that said, believe in like living, not limiting. So how far do I want to go with it, Barbara? Um, <laughs> as far as I can, you know, I, I think, I think it's something that everybody needs. So why not make it available to everybody if there's an opportunity for that? Um, so size the limit and then beyond that, um, food. Absolutely. Uh, actually have a product coming out 
that I'm piloting in supermarkets towards the end of the month that is burger-related. Um, created something with my brothers who are in the meat business. Oh. And um, so that should be very okay. interesting. Stay so, tuned. Yeah, so that is speaks to health, wellness, but also indulgence, balance, all natural, delicious. Um, that could certainly be eaten before a fight or fueled for the for a fight. Um, but when I talk about fight, it's not about fighting somebody else. It's about, like our internal fight. So this idea of like the class is really about, you know, what are you fighting for, but what aren't you? What could you be working harder for and what can you let go of? So it's much more psychological, this idea of fight than it is physical, because I think as humans, we're always struggling about, you know, making choices or, um, you know, doing things, not doing things. So, it's that internal struggle. Can we get control of that to get to the next step? Um, and then how we fuel ourselves should be also a choice that, you know, should be delicious, but, um, in balance with how you're working physically and yeah, so that you feel good too, because I'm also a firm believer that you're only as, you know, good as you feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, health. Very yeah. Important. Right. And it, especially in the hospitality world, like I love incredible restaurants, but I'm, I'm also like very salt sensitive because I know it doesn't agree with my system. So for me to wake up the next morning at 5 a.m. and work out and feel amazing, I don't want to be doing that to erase what I did the night before. I want to, you know, feel good about it. You want to just go down the street to Honey Brains and get a salad? Honey Brains, or, I mean, go to Bowery Meat Company and yeah. eat a bone and filet and some tequila with lime. Or that. that. Yeah. Either one. <laughs> that does balanced. it for me. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, that was a great answer and a great question, too. So, okay, we're going to take another break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to play my speed round game. My own. Can't we have a game of my I own. I love games. Um, and then we're going to talk a little industry news. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Olivia Young, or Liv Young. 
I love it. Hello. Hello. It's time for my speed round game. What this is is I name a couple things and you pick your preference, such as chocolate or vanilla. Got it. Here we go. Eat in or eat out? Eat out. Wine, beer, cocktail, or mocktail? Beer. That was an easy one. (laughs) Sorry. Tasting menu or a la carte? A la carte. Small plates or large plates? I just have to pick one. There are no rules. Small plates are nice to share and taste lots of things, but like when I go out, I want a steak. I want a whole fish. I want omakase. Yeah, I want what I want. Yeah. Okay. And if I want something and like I'm with a big party and somebody else eats the whole thing, it's like annoying. Like, give me a fish with a head and a tail. Give me a steak on the bone. That's what I want. I hear you. (laughs) How about communal table or chef's counter? If I'm just with one other person, chef's counter, otherwise communal table. It's nice to, I think, either way, like conversation. Okay. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? Tipping. My choice. Fusilli with red wine braised octopus and bone marrow or strozapetti with crab and sea urchin. If you ask Michael White that, he'll be like, she doesn't eat pasta. And I would say, that's true. <laughs> really? but I, yeah, but I would order with the crab and eat all the crab out of it. Okay. I'm like a, a little bit of a carb freak. I mean, well, well, I mean he's a... Carb protein, low carb. Yeah, 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 but... For anyone who doesn't oh. know this, we're talking, these are dishes of Michael White. Oh, and yes. they're pasta dishes. Hi, he, Michael. He's known for pasta. He makes the best pasta. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're both excellent. Okay. A couple more. Lululemon or any other workout clothes? Well, I'm the newest Lululemon ambassador. So, yay. yay. That's I awesome. I just saw that. Thank That's, you. It's amazing. I'm really, really, um, yeah, it's one of those weird, I can't, yeah can't even like speechless about it because i don't know i was a girl in food you know eight months ago but <laughs> it's a good it's a good good product to be repping i have Thank to say you. i'm really really flattered i'm excited to work with them yeah well good for you how about cheese plate or dessert chocolate dessert this is why we can be friends <laughs> good <laughs> okay manhattan or brooklyn is the last one manhattan done that's the game i love that game i mean i could go on and on yeah. can i ask you all the same questions you could <laughs> um i think over the over the course of the show i kind of give hints of of my stuff i think we're pretty much on the same page on a lot of them manhattan or brooklyn i'm manhattan yeah pizza or pasta oh i don't have that one pizza hmm. mexican or italian <laughs> Hmm. I mean, I'm one of those. I like mixing. I don't. I don't want. That's one I don't want to pick because I like. I like variety. I want. I want sushi yeah. one night. I want Mexican another night. I want a burger the next night. Like you know, brunch or lunch. <laughs> These are good. Yeah, they are good. Why is this game on me? We have tech industry news. Okay. What do you think, brunch or lunch? I, I'm not. I'm not anti brunch. Is some a lot of people get like all weird about weird brunch. about brunch, and yeah. I don't get it. Like. Brunch is fine. I don't. I don't need it every weekend. But yeah. yeah. Okay. You brunch? Or, do you do you hate brunch? No. If I'm like have like a day to like brunch and booze and do nothing, like sign me up. Tell me where to be. <laughs> it's another B. 
Yeah, Tommy brunch is another. I have a lot of bees in my I life, know. which is weird. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> so industry news, and that was fun. <laughs> in, the, in the New York Times uh, earlier this week, in the front burner column by Florence Fabrican, the article is entitled Seaport Lures Guest Chefs for Dinner Series. This is talking about how South Sea... South Street Seaport has been rebranded as Seaport District NYC, and they are putting in a Seaport Food Lab, with, which will feature guest chefs on people like Paul Cahan and Hugh Atchison. And then there, there's a bunch of things happening. There's a pub, Clinton Hill, that's going to be Clinton Hall, that's opening a garden bar, front row food market, lots of stuff. And I mean, this is I was, you know, from when Hurricane Sandy hit in 2012 the whole area was basically wiped out mm-hmm. so this is this is like the comeback like nice project i think they're doing yeah i mean i think there's a lot in the dining environment that's upcoming and there are a lot of chefs that are coming to new york city and going to you know either hudson yards or the seaport um I think there's been a little bit of a lull in, like, new-ish stuff lately. So, you know, when it rains, it pours. So I'm excited for the Seaport. I'm excited for Hudson Yard, who, pound for pound, you mentioned my consultancy Mm -hmm. with partners Camilla, Marcus Siegel, and Danielle Freeman, Restaurant Girl, are actually working with Related to curate their food and beverage offering at Hudson Yard. So that's very exciting. Um, That brings me last uh, on my show with Barbara Lynch, she, we were ta- we talked about that as industry news a little bit, uh-huh. and we were talking. She mentioned there aren't women chef owners in the properties of the restaurants there. She made a comment about that, and I said, "Oh, well, I, I think they still have two spaces left." Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, related is a big, busy, big, big company, and I think it's there's we're trying to figure out what's best for the area, mm-hmm. um, but also like. You know, it's, it's a real estate deal. So what restaurateurs want to be there and can they come up, you know, with, can they strike a deal with related? Right. So at the end of the day, business is business. If we could put all women in there, I mean, the three of us would be the first to yeah, <laughs> sign I, I the dotted line. Um, but yeah, the dining environment is about to get really interesting. So yeah, that, and that every time I go by that area, it's just, I mean, it's it's so grand. I, it's just changing the West Side. It's wild. Yeah. And, and I assume the same thing will happen uh-huh. with the seaport, which is pretty cool. Yeah, then there's so much happening downtown, but yeah. this is, you know, it's a little more the, I guess, the east downtown uh, compared yeah. to the Hudson Yards, or not the Hudson Yards, the um, Battery Park City in that area that's been developing. But a lot happening downtown. A lot happening. And yeah, in general. Well, New yeah. York just never stops. No, that's why I like it. Yeah, me too. But it's just, it's always under construction. That's true, too. There's a lot of noise. Very true. So the other the other articles or topic I had was just how there's two new food festivals happening this coming weekend. One of them is by putting put together by the guys at the the infatuation and it's called eats con i don't know eats how many it's five e's and it's in santa barbara california where they're doing this launch and then the other one is in austin and it's called hot luck and mike thielen who is one of the co-founders of feast portland he's behind it and aaron frankel who's known for his barbecue in austin um 
and they're combining music and food. Mm-hmm. So, and and I decided very last minute, like literally a few days ago, that I'm going to go to Austin and go to this That's music and food festival. Yeah, because I because I've been trying to get to Austin for years, yeah. and I'm like, I'm just going to go. Why not? Why not? Yeah. I think always, if you're thinking about something and it's pulling you there, just go. Yeah. And uh, it's funny, the infatuation guys, when I was an intern at Food and Wine, I I guess I started to become friendly with them, and I was like in their inner circle of first infatuation supporters. Uh, must have been seven, eight years ago. So, um, I mean, I was invited to like their wedding in France this summer, one of their weddings. And so I just like to see what they've created um, every step of the way is just, I'm so incredibly proud, excited, um, humbled by them. Their whole team came in for a box and flow class, like in the beginning. Um, yeah. So power to them. And Aaron Franklin with, with, um, hot luck. It's, it's yeah. meat focused to me. I always think, think Josh Ozerski when I read about yeah. that, like the meatopia thing, but I think why not have festivals and fun and celebrate, you know, passion projects like food, infatuation, fitness, music, and then find a way to bring it all together to create, um, yeah, I don't know, excitement around all these things. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and I'm, I think seeing more with the music combined with food mm-hmm. element and the infatuation infatuation guys have just yeah i've been in awe of them i did it they came on my show a little bit ago and yeah. it was it was it was great and they've they've always i did not get invited to any a wedding but they did <laughs> they do call me an og because i, I am it. someone you are who, an og yeah from the beginning i just remember meeting them and was like yeah. what you guys are doing is so cool and they've and they're yeah. and they're at this point they're OGs. They're they were you know they started something they really believed in music for them. It's they're both from the music industry, mm-hmm. and so it was like a shoe in. So like even I hope like as time passes, whether I'm in fitness or food or both, like always drawing to you know answer back to what you mentioned, collaborating with you know food and chefs in whatever I do. Um, I'll always have that, and it's important to me. So. Yeah, I think you will. I hope so. <laughs> okay, so that's industry news. We're going to take another break. I'm going to come back and do my solo dining experience. This is all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network.
Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. It is time for my solo dining experience. This week, it's at Fusco. Here's the rundown. The location, 43 West 20th Street, New York City. The concept, a quaint, cozy neighborhood spot in Gramercy inspired by the chef's grandmother who lived in Benevento, Italy. The chef and owner, it's Scott Conant. Why did I go? Because I was in the neighborhood, and I'm a Scott Conant fan. My experience. So upon arrival, I ran into Scott, who warmly greeted me, and he had his team take exceptional care of me. I sat at the bar, chatted with the bartender, and lots of other customers came and went, who I also chatted with. It was a, it was, it was, it was a great evening. What did I get? So first, Scott had had his team, they sent out these bite-sized amuse, about four of them, one at a time, and just to hand, like, on a tray for me to take one at a time. And uh, it was really fun. They were each delicious. Then I also was treated to a stromboli with salami and mozzarella. I ordered the truffle pea Caesar with caviar and burrata, and the nudie pasta with lobster, bagna cotta, and fava beans. And then there were sweet minardies at the end. So my take, I love the stromboli. I ate a piece and I took the rest to go. I also love the salad. It was very unique, yet it had familiar combination of flavors. You know, a nice balance. Mm. And then the nudie, which um, I ordered because I figured it had the pasta with it. I mean, the lobster with it, and it would be a little lighter. And it was lighter, and yet it had a lot of flavor, and I enjoyed that. So the ambiance, it's modern and intimate. It has a large bar up front and a dining room in the back. It's perfect for Italian food cravings. Interesting tidbit. Scott's signature dish from his Scarpetta days is pasta al pomodoro, and it is on the menu. I did debate getting it, but I think I'll have to get that next time. Personal fun fact. Pre-dinner, I saw a special screening of the James Beard documentary America's First Foodie, which is by Kathleen Squires and Beth Federici. They had come on my show in episode 44, which seems like years ago. It actually was years ago. Um, but there are documentaries out, and it's airing on PBS this Friday, May 19th at 9 p.m. So anyone can watch it, and it was it's really it's really great. They did a terrific job. So So, yeah, set your DVR. The cost of my meal at Fusco was $52, not including tax and gratuity. Would I go back? Yes, I would. Website FuscoNewYork.com, and that's F-U-S-C-O. And Scott is just a very warm and hospitable man and an excellent chef, and I'm just happy for him in his new project. Me too. Good for him. you got to do what you, what you love, always. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's always great when you, I, I pop in without a reservation and he's there and right. you know, cause you just don't, you don't know guys. I mean, he's got more than one restaurant he right. moves around. Yeah. And it's always nice to be, you know, taken care of, especially yeah. like if you meet nice people at the bar, or like a communal table or chef's counter, it's like you're, right. you're bound to have interaction regardless. And I think even more so than the food these days, to me, it's about experience, whether it's in a fitness studio or at a restaurant, you want to be made to feel good and then make people feel good. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay, it's time for the final question. Okay. So next week, my guest is Tommy Crudup. He is senior talent executive and senior supervising producer for Rachel Ray. Side note, he's also Billy Crudup's brother. 
Olivia, what would you like to ask Tommy? Um, what's the weirdest thing that's happened behind the scenes at the Rachel Ray show ever? <laughs> that's a good one. And has your brother ever been on the show? Okay. Two good ones. Can I ask that? Sure, you can <laughs> ask whatever you want. I have a feeling, I, I feel like, he, my guess is his brother has been on the show somehow, but I could be wrong. Hmm. That would be my my guess. I wonder what's the weirdest thing then. And the, the time that something weird happened was the episode that the brother was on. You think so? <laughs> no, I'm just making this up. That would be interesting. <laughs> One of my head trainers went the other week to see the show and Bobby Flay was the guest talent. Oh, really? And Bobby's like a, a great friend of mine and she like texted me. I'm like, Caitlin, go say hi. Go say hi. <laughs> and she didn't because she was shy and I texted Bobby and I was like, you know, Caitlin was in the audience and he's, he's like, well, how did I know? Why didn't she say hi? And I was like, a missed opportunity is a missed opportunity. And he goes, Olivia, I know I liked you. Because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, now it's past. But actually in that episode aired today, randomly enough. So it's all full circle. Always. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. I'm in awe of everything you've done. And I I just, I, I'm inspired by you. And I think it's, I'm glad you trusted your gut to do your own thing and, and to, to go for it. Because, well, I'm honored you know, that you have me on the show, but also that you've taken the time to come to class and experience it. So I'm going to be back. You. I can't I'm, wait. I'm, I'm getting I'm, brunch after. Boozy. Yeah, it's just I'm so sweaty, I but I, I guess that's just... That's another thing. <laughs> I've been talking about like having this like sweaty like like girl fight night thing where like we pick restaurants that don't care if we show up like really sweaty after class. I see people moving around the city a lot and in their in their gym yeah. attire. So I don't but I don't know. I I can get over the fact that I'm a mess and just go out for, yeah. for a burger with you afterwards. Yeah. It just would have to be like an appropriate place where we yeah. can I mean if it's ninety five degrees out we can sit outside. Right. Yeah. Right. But no, I I've been, really enjoyed your class. It's a great workout. It's fun, and I feel I'm I'm getting better at it too. So you are. Keep coming. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Sherry. You're welcome. Thank you. My guest today has been Olivia Young, former brand and communications director of Ultimate Group, co-founder of Pound for Pound Consulting, and founder of Box and Flow. You can find her at Olivia Lee Young at Box and Flow. Her hashtag is Live Young, and her websites are boxandflow.com and poundforpoundconsulting.com. Is that all the good stuff? It's all the good stuff. Okay. And stay tuned for a, an interesting fun food product coming to stores. All right. Video. Stay tuned. You can find me at Sherry Bayer, at Bayer PR, at All Industry. My Facebook page is All in the Industry. My websites are BayerPublicRelations.com and SherryBayer.com. As a reminder, all of our shows are archived at heritageradionetwork.org. We are also on iTunes and Stitcher, so you can listen to us anywhere, anytime. Thanks to my engineer, Vitor. I'm Sherry Bayer. I'll be back next Wednesday with another live show. Hope you'll tune in then, and thank you for being part of All in the Industry. Bye. listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. 
For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.